Welcome to the PR in Your Life podcast, episode number 17. This podcast is designed to help age 40 and over athletes live their best life. On this episode, we're going to talk about intermittent fasting. We all do this already while we sleep. Today, we'll discuss how we can make it work for us when it comes to improved health, disease prevention, longevity, and fat loss. As always, we've got a lot to share today, so let's go. Hi, I'm Dr. Libby. And I'm Coach Alex. Welcome to PR in Life podcast, where it's all about thriving, not just surviving as an over 40 athlete. I've been a family practitioner for almost 20 years, and I have been dissatisfied with what medicine has to offer athletes. Now, as a functional medicine doctor, I've teamed up with Alex, a functional health coach, to talk about how to get to the root cause of symptoms. And together, we'll teach you how to make 40 and beyond the best years of your life. Morning. How are you, Alex? Good. How are you? Good. Nice. Did you have a nice weekend? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they go so fast, don't they? I know. I'm trying to think what was, you know, it was funny yesterday because I was actually, and this is showing my age, and it's, I think when you live your life like you, you have your kids at home, mm-hmm. and so you're always aware of the calendar, the months, the dates, everything that's going. Yeah. And I'm in that time of my life where I'm like, what month is it? <laughs> what <laughs> day is it? <laughs> don't even ask me what day of the week it is or a number, but I'm just doing good with what month is it. Yes. Because so. the days are all kind of the yes. same, right? Yeah. Yeah, they are. It's kind of sad. Well, it's kind of <laughs> nice in some ways, too. You know, yeah. um, my mother-in-law just recently retired in May and she sent us a picture the next day um, and it was a picture of her taking her wristwatch and like throwing it in the trash. <gasps> wow. And she was just like, done. Don't need to know what time it is anymore. You know, yeah. and she and my father-in-law are having a blast or like doing all kinds of fun stuff all the time. I've but seen tons of fishing. Yes. And all kinds of stuff that yes. they're doing. Wow. Exactly. Although... Yeah. <laughs> She dropped yeah. her cell phone. Oh. oh my gosh. So my mother-in-law and my father-in-law were out fishing and she caught a big fish. And wow. so she was trying to take a picture of this oh, fish no. and she was in a kayak and she kind of lost her yeah. balance and she almost fell in. She saved herself from falling in, but dropped but the phone. <laughs> oh no. So we're trying to deal with getting that thing replaced and um, it's got insurance on it and all that. But still, it's just still a pain to do. It's a hassle. But it is. It's such a hassle. But she's been out fishing my father-in-law, I think, a little bit. So, And he's a good good fisherman. So You know what? That's so funny. We were um, talking about the other day, our friend Shirley, mm-hmm. and she always outfishes her husband and their Does friends. She? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So I'm like, Wow. That's you know, crazy. I don't know what it is. The girls just have the magic yes, touch, I guess. I absolutely. Mm-hmm. You getting all packed up? I know you're moving soon. <gasps> yes. Not far away. Just, I know. Yeah. So that's where I'm having to be aware of the date. Mm-hmm. I think someone asked, they're like, last night, are you getting ready to move? And I was like, actually, yes. Now that we finally hit September, we're moving the very first um, beginning of October. So mm-hmm. yeah, starting to pack and go through stuff. And it's not as overwhelming since we moved before and that was the house that we you know lived in for almost 20 years and so there was a lot of junk that we had accumulated so you got rid of a lot of stuff yeah so a lot of stuff but I'm even mm-hmm. finding some fun stuff this time like why did I move that before mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not moving it again mm-hmm. so yeah when we moved um so we moved six years ago I think was when we moved into our house that we live in now and 
we ended up having a garage sale at our with our old neighbor right after we moved and I ended up moving stuff back for the garage sale and he's like he was getting so mad he's like what are we doing here he's like you yeah. moved it to the new house now you're moving it back to the old house to get rid of yeah. it yeah but um it was a process so you've been in your house that you're in right now how long five years okay has it been five yeah. years already I okay. know that's what was really surprising five years and luckily um and as with every house every house has its vibe and feel mm-hmm. and everything else and so the couple buying our house is actually buying some of the furniture oh cool. and it works out great so a we don't have to move it but b it doesn't really fit with the the wood floors and everything that's in where we're moving so mm-hmm. it works out perfect oh so, good yeah it always works out like it's supposed to I think uh, sometimes you know but here we go. Yeah, that's a that's a big. I mean, I underestimated how big of a job moving was when we moved yes. from our um, previous house to the house that we're in currently. Yeah, and I've been much more mindful of what not you, keeping mm-hmm. a bunch of junk. It's like if I don't want this, I'm getting rid of it. Yeah. and I really get rid of a lot more than I did because in our previous house we had this attic, and we're just like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. Let's put it in the attic and we just kept putting things in the attic putting things in the attic and then when it came time to move yes. it was like oh no this that, is such a pain that was us the last time luckily <clears throat> we don't have an attic but we do have all dan's eight million bikes <laughs> i laughed i said we're gonna need a trailer just for his bike <laughs> oh well oh dan oh dan <laughs> So um, we did a little poll on our Facebook recently about um, topics and intermittent fasting was one of the choices and people kind of overwhelmingly wanted to hear about intermittent fasting. And I think it's a really um, fun topic. I like learning about intermittent fasting and, um, you know, it seems so simple. It's like, just don't eat. That's you don't what eat. you do, right? I mean, end of story, podcast over, mm-hmm. right? But there's just a lot more little things to think about when it comes to intermittent fasting. And so I think we're going to devote this episode and our entire next episode both to intermittent fasting because as I was preparing for this, and yeah. I think you the same thing, yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, I was there was so much I wanted to share and I hadn't even gotten to the specifics of what are all the different types of fasts and what are the benefits of these many hours versus this many hours and just all the different options that there are for fasting. Mm -hmm. And so I thought rather than rambling on for a really long time, maybe we'll just talk about some of the science behind it today and then kind of break it all down next episode um, because there's a lot, it's a lot simpler than just don't eat. <laughs> There's well, a lot more to it. And I think that's really important because, you know, um, Dan and I have talked, you know, because we'll talk about the fasting and, you know, and I always do just an automatic 12 hours, mm-hmm. you know, okay. just stop. Just, that's just a given. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he was really asking me tons of questions, you know, just really trying to poke holes in my, you know, why I do this. Mm-hmm. And so then kind of what prompted us to do a two-part was our friend Julie has really gotten into it and yeah. was asking Libby lots of questions this weekend. And so then it really, you know, kind of prompted, well, you know, we kind of know why we do it, but it's really good to tell everybody else yeah. the science behind it. And so, Dan, Abs- this is also for you. Yes. And Julie, this is, well, actually, <laughs> next episode is going to be more for you, but I think you'll get yeah. a lot out of this one, too. So, um, So the first thing I thought I would say is that... And a lot of what I've learned about intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. is from um, Jason Fung. And he's got a lot of information out there. So if you're looking for more Mm -hmm. YouTube, he's got a lot of great videos. Um, He's got some great books um, out there. I think he's got three books, The Obesity Code, The Complete Guide to Intermittent Fasting. The Fasting Lane. Yeah, Life in the Fasting Lane, I think, is the newest one. And um, 
I have read two of the three. The mm-hmm. third one I haven't read yet, but um, but they're just really good. And he's he's a Canadian nephrologist. So he's an MD who specializes in kidney disease. And um, he puts all his patients on fasting mm-hmm. um, and just really understands the science of it all. Reading his books helped me understand it way more than I ever did you know, I think in, in medical school, like it just kind of put it all together. I think I knew all the stuff, but he just kind of really solidified it and made me understand it a lot, yeah. lot better, but a lot, lot better. But he, he says this from the get go that obesity or weight gain is a hormonal problem, yeah. not a calorie problem. Right. And, you know, that really kind of, um, you know, you hear that, but I, you know, I hadn't really kind of all put that completely together. But when he talks about hormones, he's really talking about insulin. insulin. And keeping your insulin low is how you burn fat. And the problem is we never have our insulin low. Right. You know, and and you think, and we've told people for years, it's calories in versus calories out. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that we've told people is six small meals per day will keep your metabolism stoked, keeps that like fire burning and that's the good way to to eat and I eat yeah. eaten that way myself well, forever always the snacker yeah because yes. you're like if you don't allow yourself to get hungry you won't overeat right. you know just all these reasons for multiple meals throughout the day absolutely and you know what that does is it keeps your insulin up all day long and insulin signals your body to store fat okay so yeah. what happens is like you eat something your blood sugar goes up your insulin spikes and then the insulin takes that sugar into the cell. And then if we have too much of it, it just starts to store that as fat. And so if you're eating constantly, your insulin stays up constantly. And we're yeah. constantly in fat storage mode. And and one of the things he said early on in his obesity code, bo- code book that I just had never really thought about, but it, it, it just kind of blew my mind too, was we're talking about diabetes. So yeah. when you think insulin, we think diabetes. And, and um, but this these concepts about insulin apply whether or not you have diabetes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's type 1 diabetes, and that's the rarer form of diabetes. Right. That is children who get diabetes. That's, you know, um, the thin, young yeah. people who have diabetes. And it's, it's an autoimmune disease where the pancreas no longer produces insulin. And we treat those people with insulin. You know, we used to call it insulin-dependent diabetes. And... Um, so that it makes sense. Well, then type two diabetes. These this is adult onset diabetes. Most of the patient people you know that are diabetic mm-hmm. are probably going to be a type two diabetes, and they can be treated with oral agents, medicines, not just insulin. But they're often treated with insulin too. Their problem is they have too much insulin. Yeah, and they're resistant to it. Their body doesn't respond to it, so we give them more insulin because mm-hmm. their body isn't responding to the insulin they already have so we just keep flooding them with more and it and if you think about it if you've got one type that is a deficiency of insulin and another type that is an excess of insulin but we treat them both the same way with insulin right <laughs> it's like that right. doesn't really make much sense but i mean it, it kind of does because you're trying to kind of your body isn't responding to it and so you're just going to give it more and more and more and more and more and and insulin resistance is what happens prior to diabetes. And so many people have insulin resistance because we constantly keep our blood sugar up, yeah, you know? And right. we do this through snacking. But the other thing, and I, I was sharing with you, I know Alex and a few of my patients too, that, you know, Andy has 
a little bit of a problem with insulin resistance because he eats really pretty good. Right. I mean, he's a pretty clean eater. But what does he do all day long as he drinks? Yes. Yeah. He's like the thirstiest human I've ever met in my entire life. But he drinks and he doesn't particularly like water. So he throws in like a five calorie crystal light pack mm-hmm. into his water. Well, that sugar substitute, even though it's only five calories, it's spiking his insulin and yeah, keeping your, his insulin up yeah, all day long. Your body long. is like it's just sugar. Yeah. Yeah. To your body, it, it thinks, thinks it's mm-hmm. even though, but you know, he's in the mindset of it's like five calories. Who cares about five calories, right? right? Um, but it's the hormonal thing. So he would even do like like you, a 12-hour fast, an 18-hour fast. But in a, right. while he's doing that, he's drinking this crystal light or these so not true limes really. or things like that and thinking he's doing a really good job. And, um, you know, and, and it kind of hit us during COVID because we both were like, let's do 18-hour fasting instead of 12-hour yeah. fasting. And I'm just seeing like the weight really – fall off pretty right. quickly for me and he's seeing like yeah. zero results and normally it's the opposite usually yeah. guys just drop i dropped I'm... 20 pounds in two days <laughs> and you're like i want to kill you you know <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, i'm like what no and i'm watching him and he's like i mean i was maybe a little stricter with it than he was but he was like following it to a t and um one day i'm like i'm gonna check your blood sugar let's just check it and so i pricked his finger in the morning and his blood sugar you know it should be you want it to be 70 to 100 is normal fasting blood sugar, but really closer to 70 is way better than closer to 100. Yeah. And I think the first day I checked it, it was 105. Mm. And the next day I checked it, it was 110. So it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a fluke. Yeah, yeah we, we did it a second time. And um, I, I told him, I said, I think it's your drinks. And he was like, hey, I can't be my drinks. You know, he's like, I, yeah. you know, he's like, there's hardly any calories. And I'm like, but it's not just the calories. It's what's happening to your body hormonally. Yeah. And it's you like, it, and we started hearing this about the diet drinks, mm-hmm. you know, the diet Cokes and all yes. that kind of stuff that it's really not better for you. Yeah. You're not getting calories, but your body still thinks you're ingesting a sugar. Exactly. And I never understood that. You know, I'd hear people like, I remember years ago hearing about someone, a friend of a friend, I think it was, who they stopped drinking Diet Coke and they lost all this weight. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how's that really possible? There's zero calories in Diet Coke, you know, but it is more. The hormonal. It's more hormonal. I mean, calories matter too. I'm not saying they don't, but getting those hormones regulated. And, And I was thinking about, I was thinking about my dad and my grandfather. They aren't what I would call healthy eaters. You know, like my dad, um, he eats like something kind of sugary every morning, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like we were there yesterday, as a matter of fact, and he had cheese Danish in the morning, Um, you know, and that's like a typical breakfast for him, maybe a couple of little powdered sugar donuts or, you know, a piece of cake if there's cake left. I mean, that's his breakfast. And then for lunch, he might have like a, a sandwich, like a hamburger, you know, or uh, lunch meat sandwich, but two slices of white bread mm-hmm. with your, you know, and maybe some side of some Lay's potato chips. And then for dinner, he might have like, I don't know, like he'll maybe go out and get something, but maybe fried chicken and potatoes and a salad, you know, that's and, and he, but he's, he's a pretty healthy guy. You know, I mean, he maybe has 10 extra pounds on his gut, but you know, he's, he's yeah. tall and slender and he's not overweight. He never snacks. Okay. Never. I mean, I've never known Just him to snack. Those three meals he eats and that's those it. Those three meals and that's it. 
You know, mm. he doesn't. And, and he doesn't like drink pop between those meals okay. or anything. He just, it's time to eat. He eats and and that's it. And that's kind of how he was raised. And that's kind of how, I mean, if you think about that generation, I think. It's so different. It was yeah. different back then. And if you think about that generation too, back when he was growing up, we certainly didn't see the level of overweight individuals exactly. that we do today. And I think that was part of it. I mean, you know, he he said I'd come home from school. He lived on a farm and he'd be hungry, but his mom wouldn't let him have a snack because he's going to spoil his supper, you know? Right. <laughs> so you didn't just come home and have snacks like my kids do. I mean, my kids have snacks the second they walk in the door. Like it was just, that was, it just, it was just not normal to do that. Well, and they didn't have the processed food really back then either and I know even for me growing up my mom never had packaged food maybe we got like one box of cereal a week Mm -hmm. my brother and I had to share and when it was gone it was gone I think same thing too like she would get like a I don't know if they were eight or 12 packs of Coke in the mm-hmm. glass bottles. Uh-huh. And when those were gone, they were gone. gone. So, I mean, it wasn't, we just didn't have that stuff available. Readily available mm-hmm. all day long. So you actually had to prepare something if you were hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't a simple, just open up the snack drawer and yeah, rip open that little package. And Yes. Yeah. So my first little tidbit is snacks are bad. Mm-hmm. They really are. Yeah. And and it is true. Like we were not lying when we said that your metabolism increases when you have those six small meals per day, but it doesn't increase enough to make it worth it. Right. So when you eat, every time you eat, your metabolism gets stoked. Um, but if you have three meals versus six, it gets stoked much more with that higher calorie load than it would with that lower calorie load of the six small meals per day. And so even back a couple of years ago, I was a six small meal oh, me per too. day eater. I'll, always snacking. Yeah. And now I'm I'm not. I've shifted that. Um, and then, of course, what you drink is super duper important, mm-hmm. too. And I've always been kind of boring. I like water. <laughs> And I like black coffee. And that works really great for fasting because those are things that you can eat and drink during your your fasting. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to skip this point over. Let me talk about this other thing because this this was so, so, so fascinating. So I used to tell people this. So so insulin makes you gain weight. Insulin signals fat storage. And fasting turns off insulin. Okay. So I'm not sure if I made that clear or not. But um, we have to kind of get out of this calories in, calories out mindset. Now I will say that works. So if you want to lose weight and right. I, I had a hand that I used to give people in my old practice that I had like typed up and it's like it, 3,500 calories are in a pound, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you want to lose a pound a week, you just cut 500 calories out of your diet for seven days straight. And in a week's time, your scale should be down one pound. And it really kind of works. I mean, I've done this numerous times. You know, it feels like it's so hard. It feels like it should be down like eight pounds in a week because it's like it's really kind of hard to cut 500 calories out every single day for seven in a row. But usually you'll, you know, you'll start to lose about a pound per week if you can do that. The problem is your body is like you're fighting your body. You're fighting your natural homeostasis, mm-hmm. you know, and so you can do it. You will power through it, right? And you just do it and you do it week after week after week and you'll see results yeah. and you're proud of yourself and you're doing good. But eventually you cave. Yeah. Because 
I can't do it super duper long term. Yeah, you know? me neither. Yeah. And I mean, I've done it for months at, at a time. Yeah. And then it's like your body is just screaming for something and you eventually give in. And then just like that, the weight all comes back mm-hmm. plus some, right? Yeah. So it calories in versus calories out does work, but it is hard and it's very unsustainable, I think. And, and so they did this. Um, there was this guy, Dr. Fung talks about this in The Obesity Code. His name is Sam Feltham. So he did this 21-day yeah, diet yeah. where he ate 5,794 calories per day, which is huge. I mean, that's a huge amount of calories every day for 21 days. And per that calories in, calories out equation I was just talking about, he should have gained 16 pounds in that amount of time. And at the end of those 21 days, he only had gained 2.8 pounds. And when they were doing his body measurements, he had lost one inch from his midline. Yeah. So that is a measurement of, you know, body fat. Mm-hmm. So that tells us that he was gaining that 2.8 pounds was mostly muscle and right. not fat. And you know what he was eating? He was eating high fat, low carb. Right. Because fat does not stimulate your insulin. Carbs yeah. do. Fat does not. So then the same guy, and he did this to prove a point, and he did, he ate 5,793 calories per day, one calorie less than previous, did this for 21 days, and he ate the standard American diet, okay, yeah. which is high carb, low fat, right? That's what we've been told. We're like told right. fat is bad, don't eat fat. And it the math worked out perfectly. He gained 15.6 pounds in those three weeks, and, and his waist went up by 3.5 inches, so he gained a lot of body fat yeah. because his insulin was high that whole whole entire time and so it's time to get out of that mindset of yeah. of low fat I, we, we were at my mom's yesterday and she's she's I told you before I think she's lost all this weight and she's doing great but um you know she's very much in this low fat low calorie like she said do you yeah. want some sherbet you know it's low fat I've got some sherbet here <laughs> and we yeah. had some sherbet but it was like I said mom it's not the fat that matters you know it's not the low fat that yeah. matters but um but but we've been told that and I still fall into it myself it's too hard mentally to yeah. be like you know what and and also and we have to say it's the types of fat that exactly. you eat it's not a heyday of any kind and I think we'll probably talk about that more the next time of where people have gone wrong with the paleo and keto mm-hmm. and the types of fats and proteins that they ate. Mm-hmm. And that does make a difference. Oh, it absolutely yes. does make it. So, so not all fat is equal, but you know, we've been told and, and the thing about fat is it keeps your eating fat is so satiating. Filling. Yes. Oh my goodness gracious. It's really fills you up and it um, keeps your insulin yeah. low too. And so, um, you know, it's not the bad guy that we have yeah. been told it is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so it is really, it's really, and I'm reading a book right now too about um, the brain and it's so important for your brain health too. Yeah. So. I know that I probably have bumped my fat slowly back up to a little over 50%. So mm-hmm. I'm probably like 50% fat, 25, maybe 25 Mm-hmm. on protein and carbs okay so yeah. yeah and it's I mean yeah it's it's a different mindset it, it for is sure is you because, know because I mean you knew me I mm-hmm. mean I was the 800 bagel a day yes. it's all about the carbs it's all about this and it's all about that and 
and to change that and as an athlete too mm-hmm. to be like you know what your body is more efficient burning fat mm-hmm. too and it is. for longer especially for endurance athletes yes. which blows my mind yes. that blew my mind i was like that can't be real yeah so it is so fascinating how that yeah. works mm-hmm. but you don't a lot of us never know what it feels like to burn fat because we're always burning our carbs. We're always burning our carbs because we've always got carbs available. So, you know, what happens is your body wants to burn carbs preferentially. It's just easier to right. burn carbs. Mm-hmm. And so if you're, there's carbs on board, your body prefers that. And when your carbs start to run out, your body is like, I'm hungry. Like, right. let me eat. But if you ignore that signal, then your body will tap into fat burning. And once it does that you've got an endless supply of energy because we all have fat on our bodies and so even if you aren't giving yourself something to eat your body can tap into those fat Mm -hmm. storage yeah because we got um, plenty of it there plenty of it there to to tap into that to get energy that's that's what fat is for it's stored fuel to be used later but oftentimes we never get to it because we're too busy eating carbs all the time eating carbs all the time yeah and burning through that yeah yeah. and and it's just so crazy and um i thought this was pretty fascinating too thinking about it like you just don't hear about fasting. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's out there, but you just don't hear about it maybe as much as some of the other things. Like I, I'm turned on the TV and, you know, there's the Jenny Craig is on all the time. And then you hear about diets of, you know, eat more, you know, drink this smoothie or drink yeah. this shake or eat these bars because, you know, people are selling something. Mm-hmm. And, and what are you selling with fasting? Nothing. Don't eat, right? Yeah. I mean, who's making money off of don't yeah. eat? <laughs> You know, yeah. nobody, right? Well, you know, and tell us a little bit about the science behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, what medical health benefits do you get from fasting? Because mm-hmm. I think that's it. You know, there are different reasons. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. There's weight loss. There's heart. Yes. There's all kinds of different reasons. But health-wise, yes. there's so many yes. benefits. There's so many. Yes. So, you know, so basically fasting is the period of the window that you're not eating. And we all do fast, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody. Yeah, when so we're sleeping. Yeah. When you're sleeping, you're fasting. So from the last calorie you take in before you go to bed to the first calorie you take in when you go, when you wake up in the morning is your fast. Now, last night I had a glass of wine and so I hadn't eaten since supper, but that drinking wine that wine, counts. it mm-hmm. counts. So my fast didn't start until I took my last sip of wine. Um, And during that time, your body starts to, it doesn't have the calories to rely on. And so it starts to deplete all of the stores of the carbs and the alcohol that it has on board for fuel. Then it starts to go through your glycogen stores. So your glycogen is your stored carbs in your liver. Mm -hmm. And then once it runs through your glycogen stores, it taps into your fat stores. So one benefit health-wise is weight loss. So you want to burn body fat. So that's that's one benefit. Um, the other benefit, another benefit is keeping that insulin low will help to reverse insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. So like Andy has insulin resistance and it's yeah. very common. I mean, he's not alone. There's a lot of Americans who have insulin resistance. The only way to get that insulin resistance to go away is to lower the insulin, you know. So are you saying... Type 2 diabetes is mm-hmm. preventable and maybe reversible? It is. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, by keeping the insulin low. Now, um, what Jason Fung says, and I was listening to the video you sent me this yeah. morning even, that it takes a long time 
You know, it's not like you can Especially just Especially the longer you have been obese, right? the harder, yes. The harder. But it is. Yeah. But you can. But yeah. you can, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the key, and I was kind of thinking of insulin resistance as kind of being like, you remember when we, our kids were toddlers or whatever, and, um, you know, it was like, mom, 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 mom. <laughs> and you just kind of tune yeah. it out, right? You're just yeah. like, you know, it's just constant. And you just kind of become sort of deaf yeah. to it because it's so constant all the time and that's what happens with insulin resistance in our body it's like our body is just it's just flooded with the insulin so it doesn't really respond to it like Mm -hmm. we want it to it's just resistant and so the only way to make that better is to actually lower it for extended period of times and to keep it low so that then our body will start responding I mean you know if if our kids are nagging us all the time and we ignore them but then if they don't nag us you know and then they all of a sudden yeah say something we eventually learn like oh it's Mm -hmm. important and we're going to listen to them right but it might take a while it's not like they can't just nag us all day and then the very next day ask us for something and then we're going to all of a sudden respond differently it's the same thing with insulin it, it needs to be down low for a long time so when you're fasting your insulin level is low and when your insulin level is low that's when you start to burn the body fat but also your body cleans things mm-hmm. up during this time too it's called autophagy so creating energy damages using energy in our body damages cells you right. know, we create these free radicals and these free radicals can damage our cells. And then, of course, antioxidants and different things that we can eat in our diet and supplements we can take help to um, fix that. But during fasting, we clean those things up. So cells that potentially can lead to disease, you know, chronic disease, heart disease and things like this and diabetes, Alzheimer's, cancer, mm-hmm. um, all of those cells are cleaned up during that fasting window as well. So it's really good for your brain health and just overall health in general and disease prevention yeah. by that fast. And we'll talk about this next time too, a little bit about what what hours these different things are happening because there is some benefit of, of, of different yeah. um, lengths of fast. Go mm-hmm. ahead. No, and one of the podcasts I've listened to, they're talking about their little soldiers, mm-hmm. you know, going in and cleaning up. And yes. the longer you fast, the more soldiers you have to Ex- clean up. And I was like, oh, I love that little visual. So of, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because yeah. they're, I mean, you know, you can, so, so most people are fasting for like at least eight hours, I would right. say. And then like you had said, you extended your fast to 12 hours and then you can extend it even further than yeah. that. And, and I, I think the downside to fasting though is, um, it can be kind of stressful, mm-hmm. you know, and a, a lot of people are pretty stressed as it is. Right. And, you know, um, when we work with patients, the first thing we do is we try to change their stress response. And so I don't generally have them do a whole, a whole bunch of fasting to right. begin with because it's just like one more thing one more on thing. top of their plate of already stressful things. And that is going to not. Yeah. Overall is not going to be a good thing for you. But once we get that fixed, then um, adding some fasting in. And, and I don't recommend doing long term fasts to begin very, with. To begin with yeah. or very often, even for people who are doing. Um, yeah. And we have some really good suggestions that we'll talk about the next one because there's a lot of different types. Mm-hmm. And right. so that I think are, are really, really good. And we'll talk about, you know, how to adapt it to your lifestyle mm-hmm. and what works. Like you said, it's not about adding stress. Mm-hmm. And so. Exactly. The other thing is, you know, I, I, I'm kind of in this like carbs are bad um, kick right now. And they really aren't. I mean, carbs, yeah. not all carbs are right. bad. Right. But, you know, carbs 
and protein both will spike your insulin. Mm-hmm. Um, and insulin is supposed to spike some throughout the day. So, I mean, you're supposed to spike it when you eat your meals. So if you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner and spike your insulin those those three times, times mm-hmm. totally fine. Um, but it's just we, the constant spiking is what we don't want. But um, highly processed grains, you know, if you think about it, they're like – the breads and things. Yeah. Those grains are broken down into such a fine dust flour, you know, and then mm-hmm. they're made into bread. And so that that just shoots the insulin up so fast. Right. It's that rapid. Because it's processed it, it just immediately. Exactly. Yeah. So, and when that's happening, the vitamins, the proteins, the fibers, and the fats have been removed in that processing yeah. too. And so really what's key is is balance. You know, if you yeah. are eating a diet that's got fat and protein and carbs and fiber, mm-hmm. that is going to have a much better insulin response than yeah, because it slows it slows, it slows the, the it. carbs down. It absolutely. Yeah. It's it's just like the difference between an orange and orange juice, right? Ugh, yeah, yeah. So orange juice has got all the fiber removed from it and then yeah. orange has the fiber in it and so the insulin response is much less with eating the orange than drinking the orange juice right um it's the same kind of thing when you're talking about highly processed foods is that they take out all the yeah. good stuff yeah and leave the the bad and then that's that's um and, and then the other thing too about carbs and this is so true you cannot really overeat good fat and protein mm-hmm. you fill up Right. right. Because we have these natural satiety hormones that tell yeah. us we're done. Yeah. Now I can overeat processed carbs. Oh, there's yeah. no it's like an signal. addiction. Yeah. yeah. There is no. Once I get started, it's just there's I might as well just the sit only, down and get the fork out. And, yeah. The yeah. only signal is I run out of it. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, OK, now I'm done unless I go to the store. I've never understood when people say, wow, a couple bites you know, was a bit much for me. And I'm like, not me. I've never reached that limit. No. I could eat five donuts without a problem. I know. So. I, I know. It's it's because there is no natural satiety hormone. And, it, and think about it too. Like how many times have you eaten like dinner? Say, you know, you're having meats and meat and a vegetable. And, and then afterwards you're like, like, I'm so full of this. Yeah. But Bring on the piece of cake. I can we have that. We always joke that we have two different stomachs, yes, like a cow. Yes. I have the good food, and then I have my dessert yes. stomach. Yeah. Ainsley was just saying the other day. She said my my um, regular food tube is full, <laughs> but my dessert one is still empty. You know, and yeah. it's true. But because like, yeah. think about that. I mean, I can be stuffed. Yeah. Like, can I eat another bite of my meal? Because there is no natural satiety hormone mm-hmm. for for those processed carbs. You know. Well, and the thing is too, like. Um, our grains are GMO so much mm-hmm. that it's just full of junk anyway. I think that was – it was interesting to read about, like, European grains are different than our grains. Mm-hmm. Because, like, for example, when they make their sourdough – when they make their breads, mm-hmm. they let them sit and rise for 12-plus hours. Okay. Versus here in the U.S., we do a quick one to two, you know – and, you know, they're fast, really fast, into fast, the ancient yeah. grains. They sprout them. They soak them. So it's just a whole different versus ours are so processed. Yeah, that refined, mm-hmm. just powdery yeah. grain is just going to shoot that insulin up so, yeah. so quickly. Um, I found this little tidbit interesting that I got from Dr. Fung's book. He said there's no intrinsically bad foods. So that would mean carbs, yeah. anything, just 
processed ones. Yes. <laughs> and I thought, and I, you know, processed food is so convenient. Yeah. I love processed food. I mean, I, my I busy life just processed food works because it's, it's like grab a bar, grab this, you know, it's just so on the go and so easy. Um, so it's been a huge just shift I've had to right. make in my, just the way I yeah. eat um, to get out of that, that mindset is just getting away from that. Yes, it's convenient, but mm-hmm. it's not good for you. I mean, a lot no. of the nutrition is stripped from those convenience yeah. types yeah. of foods for sure. Um, so let's see, what else do you have to want to say about fasting? Well, I know it's hard because I'm like, there's so much that we're talk. you know, we'll talk about next week mm-hmm. into, and I think the other thing with fasting, and we might go over this a little bit, but one thing that I really liked is when they're talking about your fast, and there's so many different things besides um, the health benefits and what you're going to get from that, but also re almost reconnecting with nature and with yourself mm-hmm. and your mindfulness. And mm-hmm. I really liked um, one of the things I read about fasting is when you break your fast mm-hmm. and to use that first meal as a time of gratefulness mm-hmm. and to really think about what you have gone through and just different things and also use it as maybe a connection with others, you know, cause we have, you know, religions that fast mm-hmm. and that is so important that first meal together, they're really using it as a time to come together. They're not like, Oh my gosh, I'm running through McDonald's and I'm going to get this huge meal and mm-hmm. do all this stuff. But they really use it as a mindful connection time. And I think that's such a beautiful way to look at, breaking your fast. Um, and also, you know, learning your body's honest hunger cues mm-hmm. of realizing I'm not really hungry. Right. And I think that's a, the other thing with fasting too, is, you know, they talk about you're honestly not hungry because we do have so much fat as storage, mm-hmm. you know, right. kind of like, you know, Jason Fung talks about, you know, we're like those bears. We have plenty of fat mm-hmm. right. to rely on for such a long time, mm-hmm. you know, of getting away from society's ways of telling us that we're hungry. Just because a clock says 7, 11, 30, 6 o'clock doesn't mean we need to eat. Mm-hmm. Society has somehow decided we need to eat. And, you know, to get back to nature's way yes. of what eating is supposed to look like. Absolutely. I, you know, we condition ourselves. Like, I used mm-hmm. to have a snack at 10 a.m. Oh. And I'm telling you what, like, at 9.55, my mouth would start watering. Still. Yeah, I'm thinking about that. And I did that the other, you know, it, that's still kind of in my head, you know, eat breakfast. Then I would have another snack, like you said, 10, 10, 30. Mm-hmm. Then I'm eating lunch by 12. Then another snack in the afternoon. And I'll find myself like, oh, I need to eat. And I'm like, I'm not hungry. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. honestly not hungry. Yes. So. Yeah. And as, as you were talking about the mindfulness of that, I think that's a really great point. Because I think, you know, I liked the processed quick foods because mm-hmm. I wanted to just not stop. It's like, go, 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 go. Yeah. I've got so much to do. And really, like meal eating is not supposed to be like that. Yeah. You know, it is supposed to be sit down, mm-hmm. rest and digest, right? Like we get out of that sympathetic right. mode into the parasympathetic to digest our food, to sit down, chew it, be mindful, mm-hmm. take a break. Like it is right. really important. That that used to be what meals yes. were. It was a time of family and friends coming together yes. and and you know and I miss that, mm-hmm. you know, I miss that mindset because we're all so busy, busy, busy. So at least try to give yourself that time of. Yeah. And, you know, I also find when I'm fasting, my mind is clear. clear. Mm-hmm. It is so clear because I'm not thinking about food all the time. And 
I think sometimes we buffer our emotions a lot with food. It's like, right. I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling this. And it's like, oh, you know, food will make that feel like, like it almost like dolls it <laughs> so we don't feel it. Yeah. And it just makes us not nearly as in tune with, with our, our bodies, you know, and well, our emotions. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing, too, of learning how to, you know, being sad, being these other emotions. It's OK. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the same thing with what you do with functional medicine. Let's get to the root cause. Right. Let's not keep on covering up. Let's. Right. It's OK to be sad. Let's work those emotions and say it's OK to be sad. Yes. And, you know, what what does that look like and how do I process through instead of the constant cover up that we do? It's so true. I I get this urge to eat something bad around three to four o'clock mm-hmm. every day. Like I mean, I just like you know, and I and yeah. I partly because I've reinforced it for so long. So I used to give in and just eat something terrible around that time, and now I'm recognizing why am I wanting that? You right. know what? It's the end of a day. I'm kind mm-hmm. of exhausted. Right. I'm kind of mentally depleted. And so what could I do that is a gift to myself? Okay, so it seems like a gift to myself is a sleeve of Oreo cookies, you know, an entire Mm -hmm. row. (laughs) That would be a nice gift. Um, But and I've given myself that gift numerous times. But is that really a gift? (laughs) No, it's really not. Because if you write down what you feel like Mm -hmm. physically. Yeah. And emotionally. Yeah. What you felt like if you and we're not saying, you know not having cookies or treats or anything, because believe me, there's no way I'm living life without right. having my treats anymore. Right. But it's relying on those things. Exactly. And giving into that impulse of, you know, wow, I'm really disappointed in myself. Mm-hmm. You know, right. what, what is another choice that I could have done? I could have gone for a walk or yes. I could have laid down or, yes, you know. Recognize that, mm-hmm. yes, you're exhausted and you should be exhausted. You've had a busy yeah. day. And, you know, what could I do that's a gift to myself? Yeah. Like, you know, I've, I've been thinking about like, I might just start taking a bath at the end at four o'clock, you know, yeah. and just kind of changing unwind, those routines, you know, yeah, yes. to something that is more restorative for mm-hmm. myself than um, just it's restrictive. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's not a gift to myself. Is no. you know, I mean, because I feel no. bad, and then and then of course you have the mental like beat up that you do exactly. afterwards. I'm so like, disappointed. Why did know, I do that? Yes, I can't. You know, you know I'm yeah, and so um, it's just it's listening to your body a little bit mm-hmm. and 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 just kind of questioning what you're doing and then here's the other thing too is when you do make choices that aren't what you were hoping you would have made it doesn't really do you much favors to be like gosh you know and just really being you know so hard on yourself it's like Mm -hmm. yeah I can see where that would have happened because yeah um you know, it's been a long, stressful week, and I could yeah. I could see where I can make that choice. Yeah. But maybe next time I can do better. You know. Well, and I think that th- those are all experiences to you know to look back on and reflect on, and to be like, okay, what could I have done to prevent this the next time? Mm-hmm. Right. And to really kind of get a game plan together the next time. You know, like I'm not really happy with myself because I did it today. I know it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And what can I do to help prevent that the next time? Exactly. That is, I mean, you know, and I've always been one about like the science, like tell me what to do, how mm-hmm. to do it, how to do it. The mindset stuff behind this stuff is is the key to keeping it going. Well, and here's what's really funny. And it kind of, and I was going to give this quote. It was um, Dr. Perlmuner had talked about this when he was talking about um, intermittent fasting and just all the health benefits And, but he had quoted John Kennedy saying, fix the roof when it's sunny out. 
Mm-hmm. And I guess that really applies to that too. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're talking about, you know, the diabetes and everything else that fasting is so great for. Yeah. And, you know, and all the health benefits that we're really going to get into with the longer fast and, you know, fix it now. Mm-hmm. Fix this stuff before. It becomes it, a huge problem. Yes. Right. You know, like, you know, try you can reverse type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. It's harder. Yeah. You know, but let's fix the roof now before you get there. Absolutely. And so. That's a great one. Yeah. I love that. I so. love that. You know, and the other thing I have, um, one thing I struggled with a little bit when I started doing some fasting was, I had this belief that I had to eat right mm-hmm. after I worked out or like my yes. muscles would just waste away to nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was that protein shake must be ingested within an hour of eating yeah. or, or hour of exercising. And um, it really is a myth that you'll burn your muscle, your body. Yeah. Our bodies are so smart. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they really, really are. And does it make sense that your body would go in and burn muscle when you have body fat to burn? Right. Like, why would our body be designed that way? That really doesn't make much sense. Our body will burn muscle. But if you get to like 4% body fat, I think is, is about where that will start to happen. And so if you are under 4% body fat, yeah. then yes, you must always drink wow. a protein shake after you yes. eat. <laughs> and good for you. But um, if you are above that um, body fat percentage, then you're going to burn, when you're fasting, you burn fat, yeah, not muscle. And the other thing um, <clears throat> is, you know, you feel like you're starving. It's like, I'm, I can't not eat I'm going to right. starve you will not starve I'm like gonna die. you're not going to your body just taps <laughs> into your fat stores yeah. that's what they're there for yeah and um let's see yeah so I, I said that decreased so it's a so a myth that'll burn my muscle no myth mm-hmm. I'll how well I with no food you when you decrease your food intake it's matched by decreased energy expenditure However, as the food intake goes to zero, body switches to fat burning, and this increases the ability availability of food and energy expenditure by tapping into our own body stores. And there's a transition there. Like you will might yeah. go through a period of like, oh, I feel so weak. Right. But then as your body taps into that fat, it's just like, yeah. you know, yeah. I call it dining in. We, we didn't exactly. eat, but we dined in and we tapped into our body fat stores. And um so it, it works. Well, and that's the thing, like Dana, we're talking about because he was kind of debating me on some of this stuff. And I mm-hmm. said, no, I'm not telling you to do this mm-hmm. during peak training season. Mm-hmm. This goes back again to you have to be mindful, you have to be strategic about when you do some of this stuff. I'm not telling you to go and do a 24 hour fast when you're doing six hour bike rides. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, it's it's a different time period to mm-hmm. do these things. I'm like, this is a great thing to do like on a rest day, yeah. you know, to do a 24 hour rest, yeah. or, you know, or after you've done a really long workout and you're, you know, have light stuff for the next two days, have a good quality nutrient dense meal, then maybe do a longer fast. Yes. So it's it's about being strategic. It's about being smart. And I really, really, really suggest people, if you are really interested in this, don't just jump into it because we're saying it. I honestly think Jason Fung's book, The Intermittent Fasting, is such an easy read. Mm-hmm. The Complete Guide to Intermittent Fasting. It yeah. is mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. It really gives so much information that I just highly suggest people really look into that. It and, is a good book. I, I love The Obesity Code, but I think it's a little bit more science-y. Science, yeah. And I think, you know, if... if the if guy you're a doctor, mm-hmm. that might be a good one to read. But if you're not, it, the complete, guy, it, it's mm-hmm. really, it's broken great down. great stories in it. Yeah. yeah, just all different kinds of stuff. And, and Back to the point you were saying, I think the cool thing about fasting is 
you don't have to do it every day. You no. can do it whenever you want to. Like, Mine every day is different for yeah, me. Every yeah. single day. And I do. I look at, you know, nope, I'm going to breakfast with my friend Thursday. Yes. So guess what? I'm not doing a fast that day. Exactly. So, you, you know, can it's adapt yeah. it to meet your lifestyle. And so it's like, you know, I did keto for a little while. And keto has a lot of same benefits as intermittent mm-hmm. fasting does. And because you're in that fat burning mode. But the problem with keto is, you know, the second you deviate you know you eat some higher carb a you're higher carb ketosis, meal yeah. you're out of ketosis and then it takes a couple of days to get back into ketosis with intermittent fasting you could literally do it one day and then not the rest and mm-hmm. of the week and then you could do it again and every time you do it it is beneficial for yes. you now certainly Long-term. if you're somebody mm-hmm. who's diabetic or insulin resistant it's probably more important to do it more regularly mm-hmm. than just um, occasionally but if you're doing it for just overall health benefits or you're wanting to burn fat you know you can do this intermittently it does not have to be no. you can intermittent fast intermittently it doesn't have exactly. to be an everyday diet yeah. so it's so user-friendly I'll tell you what I've been doing lately and I really like I'm 24-hour fasting today okay we Andy and I oftentimes like to cap our weekend with some fasting. So okay. the weekends we tend to deviate from our quote unquote normal diet, you know, some, and then we'll compensate for that. And Jason Fung talks about this too. It's like feast and famine, you know, mm-hmm. like we're pretty good yeah. as Americans at doing the feasting part of it, but then why not add some fasting following yeah. it? And so, I mean, we didn't go super hog wild this weekend but today we're like let's just fast for 24 hours and so we had dinner last night we're going to fast all day and have dinner again tonight and that kind of helps to make up for in some ways it kind of almost gets resets our body and gets it back on track for the week ahead yeah and um so i i love that that you can just work it into your schedule and you know what you've got friends coming over or something's out of the norm then that's the day you don't yeah, exactly. I know I'm doing my first. I've done a couple 20, 22s. For some reason, I've never done a full 24. So I'm doing my first 24 today. You are? 1230, okay. 1230 tomorrow. Okay, so you yeah. haven't eaten. Oh, wait, so today. So I'll start today. Okay. At, after lunch. Okay. Until tomorrow. Okay. And I like that mentally. Yeah. Know, like, and there's a lot of times I swear I'm like an old person in a younger person's body because I'm an early bird eater anyway. Mm-hmm. I like to eat my dinner by four o'clock anyway. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's not that huge of a deviation to be like, oh, okay, just be done it. And the cool thing about 24 hours is you're not going a full day without, without eating, eating. Right? I love that yeah. yes so you know you had like you'll have a meal today and then you'll mm-hmm. have a meal tomorrow so it's yep. not like you're going an entire day where you have no yeah, exactly. food intake exactly exactly yeah and we'll talk about the best way to end fast too because mm-hmm. I think people make that mistake and then they kind of ruin it for themselves of you know I've fasted for you know, 18, 24, 36 hours, I'm going to go eat 10 pancakes, right? The opposite of (laughs) right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of you can, you can feel like I deserve that because I've fasted not ruin what you've done. Obviously, there's tons of benefit, but your body will respond so much better with a different type of foods coming out of a fast. But let me summarize a few key points. And then if you have a takeaway, Alex, too, but so the big, big things are um, snacks are bad. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, So keep your insulin low by stopping the snacking. Um, Get rid of artificial sweeteners or natural sweeteners. I mean, you know, Andy was like, I don't have crystal light. I have this stevia type of sweetener, but that's still going to spike your insulin. So and what I told him, because he loves that stuff, I'm like, he can still have it, but have it with his meal when he's spiking Mm -hmm. his insulin anyway. So get rid of those drinks that are going to spike your insulin in between meals. Um, Eat fat. 
avoid processed foods. Um, you want a moderate consumption of protein, increase your consumption of natural fats, and then increase your consumption of protective fat uh, factors like fiber is, is one. Um, so fat is not bad. And what matters is two things, what you eat and the timing of when you eat. Mm-hmm. Those are the two important things when it comes to regulating your hormones and um, protecting your health from chronic disease, but then also trying to lower your body fat too, if, if that's a goal of yours as well. So what you eat, and I remember the study, the guy I was telling you about mm-hmm. who ate all that fat, but had low carbs, and he um, actually lost body fat versus the yeah. high carbohydrate diet. And and I am not here to say that calories in versus calories out don't work. It does. It's just very, I don't know anyone who can yeah. willpower through it forever. And it takes forever for that to continue to be yeah. successful. Yeah. Anything well, big takeaway that you want to Well, add and, and I'll kind of add to what you're talking about, you know, the types of foods matters because food is information. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important, important on the types of foods that we have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we'll really kind of dive into, you know, the certain fruits and vegetables that are best to have organic. Same mm-hmm. thing with your, your meats and your um, fats of trying to get the highest quality mm-hmm. that you're going to have because that's that's a problem of you know you have junk hamburger that you bought at the grocery that's over processed and grain fed and you know they haven't had any really good minerals that they've eaten from versus grass-fed pe- pasture raised mm-hmm. there's such a difference on how your body yeah. reacts to it so um it kind of goes back to you know i'm kind of tying that in with getting at one with nature when mm-hmm. we're doing this and switching your whole mindset of, you know, not only am I doing this for my body for health, but what I'm putting back into it when I am eating mm-hmm. right. is also going to best benefits and it affects your genome. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, that's the one downside I have. Like when I, I worry about when I'm fasting, it's like, oh, I'm not getting some of the micronutrients mm-hmm. I need. You know, um, because, you know, there are so many micronutrients that we need from our diet. And so, you know, like, I think I wanted to at one point cheat the system a little bit and be like, oh, I'm going to eat a bunch of junk and then I can fast and keep my weight where I want to keep it. But, you know, for health, there's really foods you want to be getting in. Yeah, the whole rainbow. I mean, and that's it. And that is the one interesting thing. This is kind of off topic. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about keto, when you're talking about paleo, when you're talking about the foods with fasting, at least the type of fasting that you and I are really talking about, the one common denominator with every single one of those is quality food. Mm-hmm. Every single one. They yeah. all have their little different takes on, you know, the different macro breakdowns, but it's all about yeah. eating the wide variety of quality foods. Yeah. Absolutely. Every single one. So, I mean, so important. None of them are saying, go eat sugar, go eat processed stuff. Yeah. Industrial seed oil. None of them are saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So yes, that's true. It's it's so important. So yeah, it's not just um, fueling our body with energy. It's yeah. It's informing our body. Yeah. To to either 
promote mm-hmm. health or mm-hmm. deter from health. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so fasting is, is, and our ancestors did it, I think, a lot, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that is, you know, and that kind of goes back to it, that feast or famine mm-hmm. of, you know, and that's how our ancestors, they didn't, and I love it, they didn't have a McDonald's to drive through when they were hungry. No. And sometimes, you know, when it was cold and it was snowy and it was ice, you know, they didn't have, you know, fruits and vegetables that they can go to Kroger's and go pick up. I mean, they just had to forge with what was there. So they had a lot of famine. Mm -hmm. And they kind of talk about that, too, of, you know, almost like the carb cycling through the seasons, Mm -hmm. which is another fascinating thing, too, of, you know, of, you know, kind of prepping your body for the winter fasting seasons. Mm -hmm. And so that's a whole other, yeah, fascinating. So so next episode, we'll talk about like, I've got some information already about like, by 12 hours, what's happening Mm -hmm. by 18 hours, what's happening by 24 hours, what's happening. Um, So we'll kind of break down what's happening in our body um, at those different intervals so that we know what benefits you're getting when you choose how many hours you're going to do for a fast and how often you're going to do it. And um, then we'll also just talk about, um, you know, the different types of fast because there's yeah. there's a fasting mimicking diet mm-hmm. and then there's you know there's um dirty fasting clean fasting yes there's all different kinds and what you can ex- you know as we're talking about the fasting the different things that you can ingest during fasting yes. but generally when i'm talking mm-hmm. generally when i'm thinking fasting i'm clean just like fasting yeah no mm-hmm. calories at all so no bone broth and, no, yeah, yeah yeah and so when i'm talking about like you know the i'm like 24 hour fast that i'm mm-hmm. doing right now um it's just water and black coffee and black coffee and that does not break it but mm-hmm. even like i'm even kind of a stickler like a stick of gum in my mouth you know yeah i mean it's five calories but it's it's just a little spike of the insulin and different mm-hmm. uh, different people say different di- things. say different things and so yeah. you know there is no you know i mean because technically you're going to burn through those calories pretty quickly and you're going to be back in fasting but there's something that's really powerful about the duration of the fast. Right. And so I'm kind of a super stickler about yeah. that. Um, the longest fast I've ever done is a 72 hour and I did have salt water and mm-hmm. and, and, and putting I think that's a little good. squeeze yeah. of lemon in your water. I don't think that is, you know, like I don't, I, I just cut up like yeah. a fourth of a lemon and I squeeze a little bit of that in my water and that I think is, is okay too. But when I'm fasting, I usually do it pretty clean, but, mm-hmm. but, um, but there are some, sometimes people say you can put some coconut oil like as long as yeah. it's fat it's not going to spike your insulin right but it's still calories it's and still so calories. it's just a yeah. different it's just it a depends what your take. goal is mm-hmm. with it too for sure so yeah. um so i don't want to do the coconut oil usually because i want to burn my body fat not the coconut oil fat right but if you're doing it for pure health benefits not weight mm-hmm. loss benefits there'd be no reason to not be able to have coconut oil like if you right. just have pure fat it mm-hmm. won't um you know, you're not going to spike your insulin, basically. Right. But um, so, okay. so we'll talk about that yeah. more the next time. And um, yeah, thanks for joining us yeah. today. Thanks, everybody. And, um, have a great, great week. Yeah, and we'll catch week. you the next time. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to the PRing Life podcast. If you are interested in learning more or would like to work with us, head on over to our website, www.northsidefunctionalmedicine.com. See you next time.